This is the What's Brewing Podcast, brought to you by Plan First Asset Management and Financial Services. What's up, Brewer Nation? Johnny Gamut and Coach Tony Miller on the What's Brewing Podcast, continuing our summer series of topics and information. Hope it's been uh, the last couple episodes have been beneficial to you guys as we talked about social media, we talked about kind of the do's and don'ts of off-season workouts. And today we want to talk about uh, particularly, I know there's a lot of student athletes who maybe maybe you're you're in this category where you're a junior or you're a sophomore right now in high school and, and you really want to play college at the next level and, and you have even right now begun some of the recruiting process. You may have talked to a coach or your coach has introduced you to a college coach or those kinds of things. And, you know, Coach Miller and I have have been doing this now uh, multiple years, and ha- have come across some some things that we in the industry, you know, have seen and have seen how the recruiting process goes. And so we wanted to kind of take this episode as and kind of title it more more or less advice to that high school student athlete in terms of how you pick your college, how you decide on a program to go with, uh, you know. I know myself, I was a, I was a high school student athlete that was recruited for baseball. And there were things that I saw throughout that process that, that startled me. And and there were things that I kind of wish I would have known, um, back then that I know now in terms of the recruiting process. So, um, kind of the first thing just to get, get the ball rolling is, you know, a big thing that moms and dads like to talk about when they go and talk to their friends is my son or my daughter is going to X university and they're playing on scholarship. Mm-hmm. Here at Bob Jones University, we don't offer any kind of scholarships, athletic, um, athletic related. Uh, we're going to eventually move into a D3, NCAA D3 uh, membership, which at the NCAA D3 level, there is no athletic scholarships. It's not allowed. And I know a lot of D3 programs sometimes struggle with that because that student athlete wants that word scholarship mm-hmm. next to their name. Coach, why do you think that is somewhat misleading in terms of, you know, just that word, scholarship? Yeah, yeah I think even for this whole episode, it may be even more beneficial to the parent than it is for the, yeah. the junior or the sophomore, because there have been numerous parents that have said to me, this is our first time doing this. We just don't know about whatever is coming next. When a lot of times their number one thing is the financial, not that they don't care about the kid, but they got to pay for it. Yeah. Then, of course, probably on equal footing is, you know, the fit for the kid, which we'll talk about in a moment. But, you know, the parent wants the kid to be in a place where they're going to be successful. For some parents, though, doesn't matter what circle that you're in, it's sometimes going to become an ego thing. And so they want to hear athletic scholarship. But the thing that sometimes can be misleading is you need to make sure that you know how much that school actually costs before you even start talking to the the coach or whatever about athletic scholarship at the highest level, the D one level that, which we generally think of, like they look at programs like North Carolina and Kansas and Kentucky. And they're like, my kid's going to get a full ride there. And so when they hear athletic scholarship, they're expecting their kid to get a full ride to a school, you know, this, but for a sport like baseball, the coach has X amount of of scholarships and it does not cover all of the kids on the roster. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know how many. No, it's, it's, it's typically on a baseball roster. You're 25 to 30, somewhere around there on a baseball roster. And, and again, I think you bring up a great point because a lot of people don't understand the idea of what scholarship actually mm-hmm. means. You know, f- 
per program, mm-hmm. uh, an athletic budget will look at their program and say, okay, baseball is going to get X amount, and because of Title IX, softball is going to get the same amount. Women's soccer is going to get the same amount as men's soccer. Men's basketball is going to get the same amount as women's basketball and those kinds of things. And so uh, depending on what is the driver programs for your school are probably going to get more money because that's going to bring in more revenue from a sponsorship standpoint and those kinds of things. So it's it's a great point that you bring up that – we're so wrapped up in this idea of football and basketball, the two big driving sports at the division one level. And so someone hears athletic scholarship and they think full ride to Alabama, or they think full ride to, to North Carolina or Duke. And, and a lot of times, particularly for smaller levels, unless your son or daughter is playing at the D1 level, and even at the D1 level, you're getting a partial scholarship. Mm-hmm. You're getting a, a little piece of the pie that the coach hopes he can bring in 10 to 12 different players that, that can help the team, but he can't give 10 to 12 players a full-ride scholarship mm-hmm. because it just, you know, the school ultimately have to, has to pay that cost and eat that cost. And I have heard of players splitting a scholarship and then when you see her splitting a scholarship, you're thinking, okay, so if it's me and you, I get 50%, you get 50%. That's not how it works a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It's if you're better than I am, yep. you're getting the majority of that one scholarship, and I'm getting maybe $2,000. Yep. And, and again, I don't want to throw around too many numbers because yep. that can vary. The point is, is that you better be asking questions. We talked about this before the show, but... Most recently, I heard of a kid that came in, said he was looking at a school where the tuition was over, room board and tuition was over $40,000, and the school was going to give him a athletic scholarship that would knock that down to $13,000. But again, when you're looking at that school versus other schools, you better find out what the other schools on the list are charging, because if it's only going to cost your kid you know, $12,000 to go to another school... Some parents, I have heard of this and have had coaches tell me they turned us down because they were getting an athletic scholarship at this other school, but they still were paying more to go to that school than to come to our school. Absolutely. So again, you know, if that's the, you want to hear athletic scholarship and that you got an athletic scholarship, you know, more power to you, but you need to really look at the actual financials. Yeah. Sometimes it's just changing the language and saying my son or daughter is playing collegiate you know, sports, collegiate soccer or collegiate basketball or those kinds of things. Cause I think you hit the nail on the head. There's so much misinformation, well, not misinformation, but it's out there. You know, it costs you this amount of money to go to school. People just don't know. And they don't don't research it. And and, and you can't go side by side because a lot of times you're going to look at another school and you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to pay 18 to go here. Mm -hmm. And even with a scholarship, I'm going to pay 22 to go here. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, sometimes ultimately that's your decision to make as a family, but research is important. You said this, but just because your kid's not getting athletic scholarship, there may be other scholarships available. We yeah. we have here at the school a scholarship that's available that provides a substantial amount of money to kids, yeah. but it's not called athletic scholarship. Yeah. And so if you're looking at our level, it doesn't matter if you're coming here or going to another D3 school at some point, like ask about the other potential money that is available. You, you would be amazed at the numbers of categories of scholarships that are out there mm-hmm. from an academic scholarships to certain, you know, if mom and dad are uh, work in a certain profession or a certain thing, um, they're just, I'm telling you, you, you would, <laughs> you would be amazed at the, at the number of scholarship opportunities that are available. A big way that you can find out more about those things is to call the financial aid office at uh, different universities and ask about the scholarships that are available. Those people are versed in 
what options are available, how much you could potentially qualify for. I will say it takes a good amount of work on the student athletes part to fill out forms and to to submit essays when they need to be uh, submitted and those kinds of things. But as coach said, a lot of times you can take that, that normal stick t- sticker price and knock it down without the, the avenue necessarily of athletic scholarships. And, and doing well academically. Yeah. And doing well, especially well on ACTs and SATs. Yeah. You know, even three or four points can make a huge difference Absolutely. in the amount of money that you get in the end. Number two, the biggest thing that we wanted to talk about in terms of advice for parents and or student athletes is making sure that your student athlete is a good program fit for that particular institution. Um, again, I'm not going to name names of colleges that I was recruited by and those kinds of things. But I know, Coach, you, you were involved a lot in the recruiting process for, for the men's basketball team. Mm-hmm. There, there comes a point where a coach – will talk to a student athlete and what the student athlete needs to understand is this coach probably has a dozen 15 20 kids that he's recruiting mm-hmm. at any given time mm-hmm. he wants you to come and he wants you to be a part of his program but you need to make sure that from your perspective you fit what that program's all about. And, and one of the ways that you recommend doing that, Coach, is just doing homework on the program. Mm-hmm. Find out more about the program. What's, mm-hmm. what's that look like? So we talked about this in a previous episode about, you know, with branding and marketing of that program, a lot of schools are putting information about their sports team on social media. So just going and observing there can be the first place that you start, going and looking stuff up, obviously, on websites. But You know, I I think that the best way and the way that I have found in the last six years with recruiting kids to our campus is they actually have to show up on campus. And I know that can take time and you miss school and it takes money to get to But you're choosing or you're making a life choice that will affect you for at least the next four years of your life. And then beyond that, because of the connections and the, the opportunities that you have at that school, could affect you for the rest of your life. Yeah. I had a kid ask me one time, like, will you offer me? And then I'll come visit. For his sake, I said no, because, you know, if he decides because of that offer, I want to go to that school, but has never been here to see the school, to interact with the coaches and the players and the the faculty and the students on campus. And just, I mean, you can get a feel for the, that, that place where you, when you go to it, if he never even presents himself with that opportunity, he can make a choice that ends up ruining his life and ruining others' lives too. So, you know, going and actually visiting the place I think is huge. And again, going back and asking questions like, don't go and just ask the coaches what the team is like. They need to get to know the the players. They need to ask questions to those players. Um, You know, one of the things that we have our guys do when we recruit them, we don't want them to spend just exclusive time with the coaches while they're here on campus. Like we want them to go and stay in the dorms overnight and talk to the players and go to lunch and go to class and spend as much time you, as you can with them because they're going to be spending their time with those guys over the next four years. You know, They're going to spend a very small percentage in relation to that overall percentage with us. Um, and so really seeing things for yourself, I think, is, is huge. Yeah, definitely. And there's there's other things, too. I mean, think about it. If you're a basketball player and you're a six eight guy that is you know big post player and you dominate the paint, but you're getting recruited by a, a school that is a run and gun, get up and down the floor, we're going to take, you know, we're going to try to score 120 points a game. Is that your style of play? 
when you're not used to playing that style mm-hmm. of play. Um, you know, so so those are things. Or if you're soccer and you're you know you're in a defensive position and the coach wants to trans you know to to, to put you into a midfielder position or put you in an offensive position, these are all things that you know, ultimately you don't want to find out or commit to after you've got to to campus. You know what I'm saying? You've already signed the dotted line. You're already admitted. You get to that first practice and you find out, well, now coach wants to use me as a, you know, as a tight end instead of a running back. And I really wanted to be a running back at this other place. You said, you said it when you were being recruited, like the easiest question you can ask is how many other catchers are you recruiting? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, or how many other guys do you have on the team that are planning to play that position for the next two, three years, whatever, you know, if if it's something where you're going to come in and sit the bench for the next three years, if you're not okay with that, you better find that out before you get there on campus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that that is, as Coach said before, that's as simple as going to a website and seeing what does the current roster look like. Oh, they've got eight sophomores on mm-hmm. their team that play my position. Mm-hmm. Like Every, everybody thinks though that when they see that, even though like I'll come in there and beat out those other guys, somebody's not, somebody's going to be disappointed. Yeah. So, so you better realistically figure and, and, out. And sometimes, you know, not to dash your hopes and dreams, sometimes that can work out. You know, you're yeah. this freshman player that comes in and you you perform and you work hard and you earn that starting role. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand going into it that that's an uphill battle because, you know, we've, we've had guys before who've either transferred in or transferred out that go to, to programs and their, their program culture is set, the team is set, and – and it's very hard to break into that and to, to really be, be a part of that culture and be successful in that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say, too, you know, just from a from a listening to a coach perspective, asking the questions is so important. Questions like, how would you, if I decide to come to your university or be part of your program, how do you think my skill set would integrate into what you guys do? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a simple question. It might sound a little arrogant, you know, making it all about you and all about me and how are you going to use me and that kind of thing. But, but don't you want to know if you're a, a, a striker in soccer, if you're a setter in volleyball, how that coach is planning to use your skill set in their overall operation and their overall offensive scheme or defensive scheme? Um, you know, that, that, that's just so vitally important to be able to get that up front from a coach, to be able to have him say, yeah, you know what, your speed on the outside, uh, you know, forward position, we, we want you to be that guy to be on the outside that's really going to give us a needed boost on the right side of the, of the attack line for soccer or whatever it may be. Um, so asking those questions, asking about the number of players, asking about the, the style of play that you guys play, um, you know, and again, as Coach said, asking around outside of the program because coaches are always going to kind of put their best foot forward because they want you to come. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a car salesman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you all the awesome things about this car because I want you to buy this car. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, used car salesmen can sometimes <laughs> have a bad rep, and coaches are not, you know, along no, those lines. That's, but they're always going to put their best foot forward. Yeah, we've had pl- players and their parents say to us, you know, we came to a couple of games where you didn't know that we were coming just to observe and yes. just to see. And just to your point, if the coach doesn't know a person is going to be there, you're going to see who they are. So Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Lastly, in considering your college choice, and I think this is great, Coach, that we bring this up because ultimately, you know, most of the people, particularly at our level, and I have to remind our guys of this sometimes, <laughs> our student <laughs> athletes, most of our people are not going on. You, you're, you're not going to play professionally. Yeah. So th- this is it for you from little league or junior basketball or whatever it is, junior soccer, this is it. Mm-hmm. Your four years of college 
other than recreation and, and, you know, adult leagues, if you get into those kinds of things for a majority mm-hmm. of our student athletes and a majority of student athletes countrywide, mm-hmm. this is it. This is your four year program. So at the end of the day or at the end of those four years, what are you going to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And so it's vitally important for student athletes and for parents to think about the educational offerings at that institution. We see it all the time. I mean, I know you watch a lot of college basketball and a lot of college football. And we see a lot of these guys and we see their majors. Mm-hmm. And I, I always kind of chuckle because I'm like, what what possibly are you going to do with mm-hmm. that major mm-hmm. in the future if you don't make the NFL, if you don't make the the NBA or whatever it is? So academics are, I mean, it's so important. There's a lot of sociology majors walking around yeah. out there on the football field. Yeah. I, I've had, again, even this year, a couple players who we recruited end up deciding to go to another school. And it it doesn't matter that they don't come here, but they go to another school that doesn't even have the major that they want. And you have to then think, then I hope that works out for you athletically because you're not getting what you're going to school for. You are here to be a student athlete, which you have to remind every player. Exactly. Student is always first. Student athlete. So if they are not even going to a school that has their major, what's going to happen when you're done? Whether that is right after college or four years after you go overseas and play or play professionally, wherever that that may be here in the U.S. or whatever. So, you know, not just having your major, but the, the academic standard that you're you're wanting to achieve and, and somewhere that does take it seriously and isn't just going to push you through the system. Because again, you know, like you said, they don't see it, but they're 20 years old, 21 years old, 22 maybe when they're done, and they're going to go and play professionally. So what happens when you're 30? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know how many of them are going to be set for the rest of their life. They still yeah. probably have 30 to 40 more years potentially where they can go work. Yeah. But if you don't have a degree that can do anything for you, you're going to be in trouble. The the average, I mean, I read stats the other day on this, the average NBA career, NBA career is three years. Mm. And and so a lot of people think, well, I made the NBA, I'm going to be LeBron and making, you know, millions and millions of dollars for mm. the rest of my life. It's not it's not commonplace. And, mm-hmm. and so definitely that's the, you know, to have something. Um, and honestly, I'll even just use my own experience. The conversation I had with my dad in high school, we, we eventually came to the point where my dad, I remember him specifically asking me this question, you know, what, what's after baseball? Because he, and it was, it was like this light bulb came on in my mind and I started thinking like someday this, I'm going to walk off the field for the last time mm-hmm. and that's going to be it. And then I've got the rest of my life to do, you know, whatever it is God is calling me to do. So, you know, as we wrap up the episode here, I, I want to give parents and, and student athletes a little bit of homework. Um, I want parents to to think about this. Have that conversation with your teen or your student athlete right now. What do you want to be when you grow up? Because you're real close, like 17, 16, 17, 18. They're, they're almost out of your house. And as Coach mentioned, they've got four years to establish what could be a a foundational education that will support them for the rest of their life in terms of their decisions and what they choose to study. And again, student athlete, homework for you. Think about what you want to be when you grow up. You know, when you get out of college, when, when you dribble that basketball for the last time in competition, 
what are you going to turn around and say, okay, but now I've got a, I've got my accounting career that I could go back to, or I'm going to be a coach or I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to be a writer or whatever it may be. Um, but, but having that understanding that someday you're going to put down your, your shoes or your cleats for the last time. And, and then life starts, adult life starts. So, uh, it's been a good episode. I, I know we've went on a little bit longer than we than we planned to, but good information uh, for you guys to consider about uh, as you choose your college, as you choose your uh, program, and and navigating through this recruiting cycle that I, I know from experience can be very frustrating at times, can be very overwhelming at times. Uh, again, if you ever have any questions, uh, want to reach out for for further clarification, or hey, uh, do you have more information about certain things? P- please feel free to reach out to us uh, via social media, via email, those kinds of things. And we'd be more than happy to help you along uh, as we can. Uh, Remember to listen to the What's Brewing podcast on iTunes and Anchor. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to tune in this week. For Coach Tony Miller, I'm Johnny Gamut, and that's What's Brewing. You've been listening to the What's Brewing podcast, brought to you by Plan First Asset Management and Financial Planning. To learn more, visit planfirst.com.